Well, good morning, church. How are we? I want to wish you a happy Easter. Thank you. So this morning, our big idea is don't be afraid. And so I want to begin with the question, what is it that scares you? What is it that makes you afraid? When I was a little kid, I was terrified by Bigfoot. And it came from a commercial that I saw on TV. It was a movie trailer. And there's this house deep, deep in the woods. And it is middle of the night. And there's a a girl who is watching TV sitting in a chair right in front of a window. And Bigfoot reaches through that window to grab her. And as a kid or five or six, I was convinced that Bigfoot was coming for me. So that my bedroom window was this tiny window, but I was convinced that the Bigfoot was somehow going to fit through this window, grab me and takes me, I don't know, where he would take me. But that absolutely terrified me. And so as I was thinking about this this past Friday, I thought, you know what? everything's on YouTube, and I actually found that commercial. (laughs) And even though it's been 40 years, even though I know that Bigfoot is not real, as I watched that commercial, I literally got goosebumps. So Bigfoot was a thing that scared me when I was little, but when we grow up, our fears move from things like imaginary creatures roaming in the woods to things that are very, very real. For me, the episodes in my life that have been the scariest have been times like when I was unemployed and sending out resume after resume after resume, following up on contact after contact and absolutely nothing. And because I was unemployed, we ran out of money and I did not know what to do. Other times in my life when I have watched loved ones face health situations, sometimes other situations, but in those circumstances, the way forward did not look promising and there was little that anyone could do to help. And if I could sit with you this morning, each and every one of us would have stories, stories of the things that scare us. Fears of of family members getting hurt. Fear coming from the fallout from loss of relationships. The fear of losing a job and financial insecurity. Fear coming from bills that we can't pay. Fear of the future. Fear of, of, of being victimized. Fear of being hurt. Fear of sickness. Fear from the fallout of our, of, of our mistakes. Fear from the fallout from our sin. Death. We fear the, the death of our loved ones. We fear our own death. Because I am convinced in this life that sooner or later, you are going to run into something that scares you. You are going to run into something that makes you afraid. 
In this Matthew 28 passage that we read a few moments ago, there is a great deal of fear. And if you put yourself in the story, you get that. There's been this earthquake, this angel appears, the guards that are, are there, they, they drop in fear. And onto this scene rolls these two women. And if you put yourself into this scene, right, it's you rolling into the scene. You can very well imagine why they are afraid. And so the angel says to them, don't be afraid. The angel tells these women what to do next. And so they're off with this mix of 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 fear but also great joy and then they run into Jesus and he tells them don't be afraid because beyond the whirlwind of events playing out in in Matthew 28 you have to realize that that these two women had just experienced two days before the betrayal the arrest the torture the crucifixion of Jesus, the one in whom they had placed their trust. And as, as he died, they were convinced that the answers that they thought that they had found in Jesus, that, that the healing and deliverance that people like Mary Magdalene from our scripture text and also from our, our drama, that their hopes, their dreams, their future, all of that like Jesus, they were convinced was now dead to all of that was gone. So on that morning, as they go out to that grave, they are very much in shock. They are very much in, in the deepest of grief. They are in a desperate helplessness, yet in the greatest reversal ever seen on this planet, death is undone. Jesus is standing there. Jesus is very much alive. And so these words, don't be afraid. Yes, these are words spoken to these women in this Matthew 28 moment. But these words are also so much more than that. Because Jesus is alive, these words, don't be afraid, are for us too. But that brings us to a crossroads. Because if the resurrection is not a reality, that thing that I just said, that these words, don't be afraid, are for us, that's not true. As a matter of fact, if the resurrection is not a reality, those words, don't be afraid, are simply meaningless. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Your faith is useless. Because without a Jesus who is alive, there there is no Christianity. Because Christianity is not so much the teachings of Christ. What Christianity is, it is a living, active relationship with a Savior who is alive. And so the crossroads for us is this. These events, this resurrection, that Jesus is alive, it is either true or it is not. And this ultimately is what these gospel writers are up to. It's what Matthew is up to, working hard to give us the eyewitnesses, 
to give us the names of those that were there, to give us the facts, to give us the events as they unfolded. Because all of Christianity hangs on that empty grave. See, if the resurrection is just a story fabricated by by Christ's followers, the only thing that the Jewish leaders who hate Jesus, the only thing that they have to do is produce a body. That's it. Game over, end of story, objective evidence that Jesus is still dead. But they don't do that, they can't do that. If the resurrection is just that the followers of Jesus sneak in and steal the body, well, think about that. You would have to believe that every single member of this military, of this guard unit, falls asleep. Knowing that the consequences for their dereliction of duty is of the highest consequences up to and including death. That every single member of this unit falls asleep and that Jesus' followers who ran from confrontation only two nights prior somehow find the courage, sneak in, roll away a two-ton stone and steal the body and slip off into the night while every person in that guard unit stays asleep. That's not plausible. If the resurrection is just that Jesus was not really dead in the first place. Well, think about that one. In saying that, you have to believe that these Romans, who are are brutal, professional executioners, they do this kind of thing on on a regular basis. That, that, That as they execute Jesus, crown of thorns, flogging his back, torn open, extreme loss of blood, spikes in in his wrists and in his feet, dehydration, asphyxiation, a spear shoved in his side, tightly wrapped in grave clothes. Yet somehow Jesus shakes it all off. He rolls away a two-ton stone by himself and sneaks past the guards. That's not plausible. And so bringing together the eyewitnesses of the gospel accounts, the many, many other witnesses that are are referenced throughout the New Testament, the implausibility of, of the objections to a physical resurrection, the historicity of Jesus corroborated by historians outside of the Bible, Josephus, Tacitus, Pliny the Younger, the impact in the lives of the earliest Christians who go to their deaths claiming the reality of the resurrection, there is no other way to adequately explain the empty grave outside the fact that Jesus physically comes back from the dead, that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, these words don't be afraid. These words do come as an invitation to us. Because the thing about fear, the thing about being afraid is that while fear recognizes danger, whether that danger is real or whether that danger is imagined, it doesn't tell you what to do with that danger. Author Ed Welch says it this way. 
Fear will tell you what you need to run from, but it can never tell you what to run to. But in these words, don't be afraid. And this is the most common command in all of Scripture. In these words, don't be afraid. We are being given a lifeline that tells us where to run. Because in those things that scare us, in those things that make us afraid, the thing that ultimately addresses those fears is not a what, it is a who. It is not a something, it is a someone. It is God himself. Because there is nothing in all of human history that demonstrates God's unfailing love like the cross. There is nothing else in all of human history that demonstrates God's infinite power like the empty grave. And so, yes, this fallen world is full of scary things. And yes, going through those scary things, not pleasant at all. As a matter of fact, they are are painful. And yes, we are all very broken people, but to know that there is a God who loves us without fail, to know that there is a God of infinite power, to know that there is a God who is sovereign over all things, a God who walks with us through those things that make us afraid, that that God is a God who offers forgiveness and grace and mercy all available through his son, Jesus. While sin stains every part of our lives and separates us from a good and loving and generous father who pursued us when we chose to walk away from him, A father who sends his son Jesus to die on the cross because forgiveness always costs something. Sends Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin, to pay for your sin through the shedding of his blood. That that, that we may have new life in him by, by calling out our sin, by coming to him for forgiveness, by repenting of our sin, which means that we turn from trusting in ourselves and we turn to trusting in Jesus. This is what it means to be in relationship with Christ. But I also need to tell you that If you are outside a relationship with Jesus, these words, don't be afraid, these words are not for you. And you need to know that. Because when you die, and none of us know when that moment is coming, but when you die, if you are outside a relationship with Jesus, you will enter into a Christless eternity of punishment because you would not look to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And I never say that to hold that over your head, but I say that to ask, why wouldn't you want in on this? This this new life, this abundant life that is only available through Christ. That for your sin, God offers forgiveness. That for your guilt, God offers mercy. That for your shame, God offers grace. That for your brokenness, God offers healing. 
that for those things that make us afraid, God promises that he himself will be with us, will walk with us. Again, ultimately demonstrated by Christ's sacrifice on the cross and through that empty grave. That he is our rescuer. That he is alive. That the grave could not hold him. That is something absolutely to celebrate. And so I'll ask the band to come back up. And we're going to do exactly that. We are going to continue to celebrate our risen Jesus. So as they come, let me pray. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace that you exchange for our brokenness, that, that you offer us healing that you are a God who walks with us that you sent your son Jesus to rescue us that the grave could not hold him and that our Jesus is alive we thank you for that matchless love we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus amen